Thank you, Del Vecchio. That's what I call him, Scotto Del Vecchio. I don't know why I ever started calling you that. I don't know. But anyway, if I, my, even my secretary goes, hey, Scotto. It's good to see you this morning. Um, you know, if you're looking around, you're going, hey, where's so-and-so? So it's it's uh, summer, so people are coming and going in and out, vacation, and that's all good. So it's great to have you. Uh, if you look to my right, your left, you'll see that wonderful horse trough over there. That is the official baptism tank. And, uh, and you'll also see that orange cord, which means it has got a heater inside, so... Uh, we just got the crocodiles out this morning. We are good to go for any of you candidates. Just, I'm teasing, obviously. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, that's not funny. <laughs> anyway, the water should be warm, uh, so that won't be, a, be an issue. We've been uh, talking in the series. The series has went on for a while called Glow in the Dark. We have these wristbands. They do glow in the dark. They are free. If you didn't get one or gave yours away and want another one, the ushers will make sure that you can get one on your way out. Not a big deal. Um, they're really nice, actually, and it's amazing how well they glow. Anybody find out they glow really well? I was like, wow. So anyway, you can grab one of those. Uh, and we've been talking about in this latest of the Glow in the Dark series, the gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit. And so we are looking today at the power gifts. We have one more week of the series next week. And, uh, and then, um, you know, we'll go as the Lord directs from that point. But We've been talking so much about, in the world, the world's just kind of in ways, we just need help, don't we? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 58 years old, and <laughs> it's a live crowd today. <laughs> hey, before we get, let's, let's, let's say hi to our online people. Come on, give them a big God bless you. Hello and amen. Tell my, tell my wife hi. She is right now. She's home and recovering and, and uh, she's doing well and we're believing God she'll be back with us next week. So anyway, we've been, you know, the world just needs somebody to say, hey, listen, this works. We're people looking for answers, man. If you've lost like 100 pounds, people are like, how did you do it? They want to know, how did you make, how did you get successful? And, you know, when I was a kid, there were guys that we called them the walleye boys. Because when we were at, we were at a fishing camp, go figure, and, and these guys would come back with these huge walleye. If you're a fisherman, how many like walleye? Walleye's a great eating fish. They'd come back and they'd be in the fish house cleaning these fish and everybody'd be staring. And, you know, and my dad, my dad says, hey, go over to those guys and find out where they caught those fish. I'm like, okay, dad. So I run over there and I'm, you know, I'm just a smaller kid, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just young, and I saw went over and, you know, hey, mister, where did you catch those fish? You know what he told me? The water. So I went back and told my dad. He said, did you find out? I said, I did. He said, where would you catch me? I said, he said, the water, the lake. My dad was like, sit down. <laughs> anyway, I mean, we want answers, so we need something. So it's an incredible thing to have the Holy Spirit, God, tell us things and be able to, to show you answers to stuff. I mean, we've talked, I've given you story after story, and I'll give you some more today of my life. I can't really give you yours because I don't know all yours, but how God revealed to me where I lost something and he showed me where it was and I went and found it. How that all happens, it's just by his gift. 
Hey, you know how he gives us words of knowledge and wisdom and he'll, you know, call people out and, and say this, read their mail. We've talked about that. Today we're going to talk about three gifts, the power gifts, and they're this, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. These are those three gifts that are, they're the artillery, so to speak, of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're the gifts that, they're, they're the big guns, they're, they bring the arm. But they're actually second, really the, the most uh, the most awesome gifts are the revelation gifts, the, the knowledge, the wisdom. And let me explain something so that we understand. We are in a world where people just want to use what you can give them. They just want what you got. Not really in any other reason except to advance themselves. And I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I am saying there are, there are those out there. But we need to understand if we just want God for what his arm will do, what his muscle will do, what about how God thinks? What his personhood is? What, what his heart would say to us? I mean, if we're parents in the room, you don't want your kids, I just like my dad because, you know, he feeds me. I get it. But wouldn't you just like, I just love to honor my dad because of the thing, I, I know his heart. You ever heard somebody say something about somebody else and you go, no, that's not them. If you knew them, you'd never say that because you know their heart. That's what I'm talking about. God wants us to know his heart. And then with that, when we kind of know his heart, then he's like, you can handle some of this power then. But we got to understand whose power it is. It's God's. And so looking at these power gifts, we're going to just kind of unwrap these together. Let's look at the, the gift of faith. There's all kinds of faith. Let's just be honest. There's, there's different kinds of faith. Sometimes it's, it's mistaken. We're going to talk about the gift, but I want to distinguish between different types of faith so you kind of know what I'm talking about. Not saving faith. There's, that's a faith that, that we all have that faith to get saved. God gave everybody a measure of faith so that you can receive. Can I just say, I, I'm 58. I still don't know this whole book. And I've been doing this for getting close to 30 years, and there are people that could probably run circles around me. And that's okay. But I'm just saying we're all in school. Sometimes don't you learn someplace more what not to do than what to do? You're still in school. But the gift of faith, saving faith, simple faith, that's not the same as the gift we're talking about. Everybody has faith. In Romans 12, 3, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. If you're in the Brett translation, you're not all that in a bag of chips. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves and measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. The New King James would say, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. He's given each person a measure of faith. And it's a universal faith. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is just a sign that, you know, people are, oh, I'm too far gone. You know what? God gave you some faith. You can get through this. I don't know if I, if I, you know, I want to get saved. That's your choice. But the faith is there for that to happen. The different types of faith. So let's look at that. Natural faith. We all understand natural faith. <clears throat> the Bible says this. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, a farmer has natural faith. I'm not talking about just you know, going to church kind of. I'm talking about just if he plants corn, he's pretty confident if the weather holds out, there's enough rain, there's good sun, he's going to get corn. He plants apples or whatever, beans, whatever he's doing, he's going to get what he plants, sowing and reaping. Now, he might not call it that, but that's natural faith. He knows how that system works. 
If you are a sportsman in here, you're a hunter or a fisherman, you pretty much know there are different seasons of different things you can hunt. But if you go into the woods, you have the right equipment, do the right things, and spend enough time in the woods, there's a chance you could get whatever you're hunting. Now, I have talked to people that are just like, I do not like that. I don't want to hunt or fish. I like the product of that. But I don't like going out there and getting nothing. Has anybody ever done that? (laughs) But here's the chance. What is the chance of you getting whatever you want to have as a fruit of your faith if you never go out? You can't catch any fish from your cabin. Well, if you go to Myers and they throw it to you, you can say you caught it. So we all have to have, you know, uh, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So there's all, these all kind of link together. They're all kind of dominoes. But those are just some natural faith. So we have saving faith, the natural faith. When a person hears the gospel, they can get saved. Um, every, every redeemed person has had saving faith, but not every person has had the gift of faith. The thief on the cross had saving faith. And if you look at Luke 23, 42 and 43, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. He believed on Jesus, received his salvation as he hung on the cross. He had no time to receive the gift of faith. He just had saving faith. He just exercised the faith that God had given him the measure for. The Philippian jailer had saving faith. He fell at Paul's feet and said, what must I do to be saved? And again, think about this. We're living in a world that's saying, I don't know what's going on, but things are happening to you just like they're happening to me. But the way you handle it is something I haven't seen. What is it that's different about you? Why are you glowing in the dark? Saving faith. Gift of faith is different from other types of faith. It achieves what's impossible through human, uh, what's impossible through human efforts or instruments. When God does something that we cannot explain, he does it like he's using this gift of faith from the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not ordinary. It does amazing, amazing things out of the ordinary. It does things that you can't explain. It does things that are just like, how did that happen? I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Think about things that are happening in the Bible that we read and we think, oh, those are stories. How could an axe head float? How could just throwing a stick in water make it sweet? How could waters part just by using a... I mean, how could these things happen? What is going on? There are things that are happening that are linking things together, but it is faith at work. But the gift of faith is God working in and through you. But really, it's not your strength doing it. You really don't have anything to do but just believe God's doing it. You don't have zero, not a zippo. I mean, it's just God saying, skadoosh. It's just him saying, you know, I want to use you here. Let, here's the gift. I want you to believe, and you just believe him. And when we grew up, it's, it's, it's even greater than, Mom, why can't I do that? Because, there you go. Sometimes we don't even have to have all the reasons. There's stuff that God will say, I just need you to trust me. If you have all the answers, it doesn't take much faith when you've got all the stuff. But if God is saying, listen, just trust me in this. Mom, why can't I do that? Because I said so. No, mom is not God. But boy, I don't know why God uses moms the way he does. You can fool a lot of people, but you all know you cannot fool mom. 
I've watched my youngest son, and I love him with my life. He would tell me, Dad, this is terrible. And he's crying crocodile tears running down his face. And I'm buying every bit of it. My wife just puts her head around the corner and goes, he's lying. And sure enough, he was. I'm like, how did you know that? I don't know. just knew he was. I used, I don't know, my mom is here today, and I don't know if she knew this, but I used to think I was pretty slick. (laughs) I'm going to say this story anyway. (laughs) I didn't want to go to school. And we had one of those heaters that had those little bars that light up real red and bright, you know, and it has some kind of a wire in the front. So, like, you're going to stick your hand on it. No, you're not going to do that. Caution, may be hot. If it's glowing red, pretty good sign. This is what I do. Now, see, I got students here. Rock on 180. Yes. This is what I did. She was nice enough to let me have the heater in my room because my dad didn't like the temperature up. Because then you had to pay more heat bills. So he kept it to the lowest we could. So I had the heater in my room. I turned on that heater. I put my face by that heater. And I sat there until my face was about frying off. I jumped in bed and said, Mom, I don't feel good. I feel real warm. And she came in. I had to turn the heater off, turned it around. And she'd come in and she'd say, My, you have a temperature. You're going to the doctor. I don't want to go to the doctor, Mom. I just want to stay home and watch The Price is Right and The Love Boat. Because they came on right after another back in the day. No, you got to go to the doctor. So somehow, she must have knew, but I don't get it. She sent me to the doctor. The doctor never once just said, you're going to be fine. Give him a couple aspirin. Let him go home. He can go back to school tomorrow. No. They had to give me a shot. So I had to smile at the doctor from the other end while he gave me a shot. And then she sent my little rear end to school. Had nothing really to do with the messages except that God uses moms. Help me, Lord. I go to school with a limp and people be going, Gleese, what's the matter? You don't want to know. The only benefit I ever got out of doing that is if I, I was able to get out of school for the test or something. And then I went in the afternoon, had to make up the test, gave me another half day to study. That's not saying you should do that, just saying. <laughs> All right. We, we use this gift. How about, have you ever prayed for somebody when they're going on a trip? Father, put angels around their vehicle. Pray protection over them. Plead your blood over them, whatever. We, you know, we, we exercise. We want to use this gift. And then God does it. He does it independently of you other than your faith, just putting it into process. Jesus used this gift, calming the storm. He spoke to the storm and obeyed. And see, most of us don't believe, well, he did that because that was Jesus. Did you know Jesus said, everything I did, you can do and, and greater? We don't think that we drink from the same well that he did, but we do. That's the cool thing about being a believer. What Jesus, the power that God used him for, that's what the world needs. They need somebody that can glow in the dark. They need somebody that will say, you know what, this is not right, this is When somebody's sick, they need somebody that'll say, let me pray for you. God will heal you. That's what I say. 
We've almost been taught in church there's an in crowd and an out crowd, and you're in the in or the out or, you know, whatever. And, and there's, there's cliques, whether it's church or whatever, you know, the world's full of... When I was in school, there was the jocks. I was one of the jocks. And then there was the, the bookworms, you know, the people that were real studious. And then, you know, you had the nerds and all of that. Of course, when we were growing up, we all knew girls had cooties. I don't know whatever happened to the cooties. They just disappeared miraculously. You get to a certain level. We have to believe that God has something so that you can get through this life in a way that's better than what we've been doing now. According to the Bible, we can be victorious. This gift is unlimited because it doesn't have really anything to do with man other than just believe. God is the one doing it. Romans 8.37 says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Do you know a conqueror is somebody that's in a battle and then they win the battle and they're a conqueror? More than a conqueror is somebody that doesn't even have to get in the ring and just says, You lose, lay down. And they just lay down and there's no fight. I want to have those kind of fights. That's the kind of fight where, you know, you're just like, I really don't want to mess with you. You ready for another story? Good. Fifth grade, Eddie Bolt. I don't know if Eddie's alive. But Eddie was the, the bully of Vernon Elementary, and they've toured Vernon Elementary. Anybody go to Vernon? My sister. <laughs> Anybody ever go to prison? No, keep your hands down. Just <laughs> Eddie, I was at flag football, fifth grade. Eddie, he would just terrorize people. It didn't matter. Girl, boy, it didn't matter. He wanted your lunch, he'd take it. He'd eat it in front of you, spit it back out. It didn't matter. If you were up to bat, he wanted to bat, he'd grab the bat from you, throw you on the ground, and take your place. Nobody stopped Eddie. Nobody. And Eddie had his entourage of goonies that were with him. Well, football practice, Eddie decided to take my bike. Now, my bike was my dad's bike, because back in the day, you know, you refurbished everything. So it was my dad's bike. I put a big banana purple sparkly seat on it with a big sissy bar. Anybody ever have a big sissy bar in the back? Had stuff. Every once in a while, I'd put a squirrel tail off my handlebars. Dad would catch squirrel hunt, and that was my bike, man. It was his bike, then it was my bike. And uh, anyway, Eddie took it, and I tried to catch him. But I didn't, so we went ahead and we were playing football, and I'm thinking, i got to walk home. I'm going to tell my dad, Eddie stole my bike, and yada, yada, yada. Eddie comes back, and he gets off my bike, and he throws it down. And I looked at Eddie, and I said, don't you ever do that again. And Eddie said, what are you going to do about it? And I thought, I have no idea. (laughs) And I said, I'm going to stop you. And he said, you and whose army? And I said, me. And I thought, we live in a world, I thought, well, this is okay, because coach is over there. And coach is going to be like, we ain't fighting, boys. So I got a little braver. That's right. Don't ever take my bike again. Eddie comes over. And starts the old pushing thing. 
And I'm like, coach? Coach? Coach is just standing there like this. And there's all the guys around. And Eddie said, what are you going to do about it? I said, coach? And this is what came out of my coach's mouth. This fight's going to be between Brett and Eddie. It's going to be a fair fight. <laughs> Listen, Jerry Lewis, I don't want to fight Eddie. So anyway, so we, we, the fight's on. So Eddie, he comes in just like a tornado, whirling fists and everything. And my first thought is just stay alive. But then something else happened. The principle of the reason we were fighting was inside. Now, I know this is a story, and you're like, how are you going to bring this back to the Bible? But I'm telling you, God has put principle inside each of you. And the enemy, which he thinks he is doing what he's doing, but it will draw what God has put in there out. The Bible says really clear. The Bible says this. He says, if the enemy would have figured out what would have happened because they crucified Jesus, he would have never did it. True that. So inside, something inside was this volcano going on. And I finally said, that is enough. And I'm just here to tell you, because Eddie's not here to back it up. <laughs> I took Eddie to the street, man. I took him to the ground. And I got my bike back. I got beat up a little in the process. Had My arm was bleeding and everything. I, I ended up putting Eddie's tooth in my arm. That was no fun. Nonetheless, more than a conqueror. I, if I'd have been more, I'd have never had to fight, but I didn't have the rep Eddie did, and that's how Eddie won, and that's how the enemy does with each of us. He comes in by his history, and because it's him, we don't want to fight, so we just give in. But if I got some fighters here that would say, look, I've, I've kind of like Popeye. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. And stand up, the stuff inside you is going to come out, and I'm telling you, you're going to see victory. It's going to be like you've never seen it before. Because the power of God that's in you will come out, and people will be like, oh, my word. I'm telling you, nobody ever messed with me in fifth grade. Not that they would, because I wasn't a troublemaker. But Eddie, Eddie came back, and this is what Eddie said to me. Anybody ever gives you any trouble? You just tell me. I didn't have to do anything. You want her lunch? I'll go get it for you. Eddie, no. Now I got him like, you know, like all of a sudden, I'm going to make you a deal you can't refuse. I mean, this is how the world works, but I'm just like, no, Eddie, that's not me. I just, I don't want to, I don't want you being mad at me. I'm not mad at you. There was certain respect gained. You'll need some respect for yourselves. You've lost some battles you never should have lost. But God is going to change that. God does the fighting. You do the rejoicing. The gift of faith does the work. You just take authority. You speak it. God does it. If you're saying, Brett, I'm a can't person. This can't be done. I can't do that. You won't do it then. It probably won't happen for you. Because you already don't believe it. But if I could find somebody that was fully persuaded, that somebody that said, you know what, if God said I'm more than a conqueror, if I could find somebody that said, I'm just a shepherd boy, but you know what, I got a lion and a bear, I'm going to take you down. 
If I could find somebody that would stand up and say, I don't care what everybody thinks. There's a lot of Eddie Bolts out there, but God has got people like you and like me that are ready and willing to activate the faith that he's put in there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That's Romans 10, 17. The gift of faith functions on behalf of the believer to bring it about. You're the one that just, I just believe. Jesus, how many times did Jesus say, your faith made you well? Your faith made you well. Do you want me to heal you? What do you believe? He's trying to locate. He wants you to understand there is something that God has put in there. He's putting that active ingredient in there. Moses used this gift. He just threw his staff down, turned into a serpent, ate all the other magician serpents up. He called miracles into being. God did them. Moses spoke them. God did them. Elijah, God got fed him with birds. He just started and birds came and fed him. No labor on Elijah's part. Daniel went into a lion's den and they just, lions didn't eat him. The angel just kind of kept them all quiet. Three Hebrew children, they were thrown into the fire. The Bible says there's a fourth. Jesus was in the fire with them. They, they came out, didn't even smell like smoke. There's a lot of things going on. And people say this stuff to me all the time. Brett, that's easy. That's just Bible stories. I get it. Listen to me. I'm telling you, you can be a walking Bible story if you'll activate what God has put in there. I have never started a church before. Never. 13 years ago, he said, start this church. I don't know how to start a church. I was always put as a pastor in a church that was already started. I'm like, God, I haven't started this before. But he told me the name, he told me the scripture, and he told me to do it. I went to where I was pastoring before, as far as the, the, the headship before, and they said, what are you going to do? I'm going to start this church. They said, all right, so you're going to leave a full-time position, and what are you going to do in the meantime? I said, well, I'm going to go and do this church. I've always done some stuff on the side to help people, but never as a full-time thing. It's just been little things that... You know, whether it's detailing cars or doing whatever, just to, you know, just because I like helping people. <clears throat> so they, this is what they told me. You're going to leave a full-time position of a place you're not asked to leave, start a place you've never started, and you're going to go from full-time to full-time. How are you going to get paid? I said, I don't know. They, this is what they said. That's impossible. It's impossible. It can't be done. Now, I looked at the superintendent's face and the two or three people with him and i said you watch and see i don't know how it's going to be done i don't all i know is that's what i'm supposed to do that's all i can tell you 13 years later god is just amazing i mean he's done stuff that i don't even know how i don't even know why brett buy this house huh i don't want to buy the house i mean god come on and people will be like oh how did you buy the house? Don't know. I mean, I had to apply for it. Don't know. God did that. I don't know how. I don't even know how I got approved for it because we just started the church at the time. The church had just started. I was still doing the same thing, but the church itself, we only met in the school. And first, it was in my living room. Look at that keyboard. The drums, well, those are new drums now, but I mean, we've had different drums. I still don't remember exactly how all that happened, except we sowed seed, we believed God. I don't know. Just crazy miracle stuff. I'm telling you, these gifts, they link together, but you have to believe. And I'm, this isn't, I'm just not trying to be a positive, like, oh, you're just a positive uh, motivator speaker. No, I'm just telling you the real deal. There's stuff that you are like, I'm not ready for that. There's a lot of things I'm not ready for. 
And you get to a position and God starts doing things for you. And, and if you come on to something, you'll be ready because if he puts you in that situation, you'll know what to do. I can't explain it other than you'll just do what you need to do. That's how it works. Why? Because he said so. Because I just believe the working of miracles, the gift of faith, the gift of healing. Smith Wigglesworth was on his way home somewhere. He was in a car, and they got word to him. They said his wife had passed away two hours prior, and he said, no, she's not dead. She'd been dead for two hours, Smith. She's not dead. He gets home, true story, goes over to her. She's laying on the bed. She's been dead for a few hours, picks her up, slams her up against the wall, and says, you come back to life. Now, I'm not making this up. I'm just saying... I wasn't there, but they have it documented. They have people that said, she's dead. She comes back to life and and ends up, I guess, fixing them food or something. (laughs) Look at all the men. Well, that's great. (laughs) She's probably barefoot, too. But I'm just saying, is that crazy? Does it make sense? Not to my common knowledge, it doesn't. Let's look at the gift of healing real quick. Sometimes this is controversial of, of all the gifts, but it, it, it comes in plural form so many times because there's so many sicknesses. Man, and we live in a world today. You know, one of the leading causes of death today is just prescription. Isn't that nuts? You take this pill, if you take this pill, you can... How many have ever heard those commercials? Taking this may cause liver damage and you may die. I mean, they talk so fast, you're like, why would you take that? Then you got to take these others to counteract what this does and take these to counteract that. There's so many things, but when it comes to healing, God can do so many things. We have, we have all kinds of names for stuff, and they name things they can't figure out. They'll label your child. If your child doesn't do this, they're, they're labeled with this. If they seem like they have this, they have this, they have that, they have whatever. Isaiah 53, 5, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Versions say that we are healed. It's already past tense. It's already done. Jesus died for every healing you need. You see, faith is always has a point of, of release and a point of reception. There's always those two things when active faith is working. You must release it. You must receive it. According to Mark eleven twenty two and 24, we believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. You can be blind and believe when it shows up. But what do you believe before it shows up? Are you believing what God said? Give me people that'll just say, if God said it, I believe it. That's all it takes. Believe on the Lord your God. There's some things that happen that that need more. Remember the possessed boy, the disciples couldn't do anything with it. And Jesus said, bring him to me. And he said, some of these come out by prayer and fasting. I've did all kinds of stuff. I mean, I've seen God do all kinds of stuff. These disciples, I mean, they walked with him. And they cast out, the Bible says they cast out demons. They did, they healed sick. They did all kinds of stuff. And then they get to this crossroad and and they don't see it working because something changed. And so we were in a service and this is what I did. I I got a plank. It was about a, what was that about? Maybe a 12 by 2 plank, something or one, I don't know, but about eight feet long. So I put it up on the floor, and I called up a student. 
And I said, hey, run across this plank. And so they, I said, now skip across it. And they did. Walk, hop on one leg, you know, whatever. I made, and they're all like, oh, that's so fun. So I said, yeah, you can walk right across it, can't you? Yeah, yeah, okay. So then I put two chairs and put the plank in between two chairs on top of it. I said, now get up and do that same thing again. They said, are you crazy? I said, it's the same plank. They said, yeah, but it's not the same situation. Got me to thinking. You see, the enemy comes at you with stuff. And sometimes he'll twist it so you don't see it like you saw it before. And it jars with what's inside you. With the faith that I've seen God do it. This Did you know that sometimes God does it maybe not the way you think? But sometimes another way. My point is this. The enemy is always out to try to get you off track. But man, if there's a way and God says, yeah, you can do that. You can do it. But see, people don't believe that. They have to say, like, it has to be in my natural mind. My friends, God doesn't always work in the realms of your natural mind. We got people that are like, I, I, have, I, I want all nine gifts. I get it. Who, you know, the Bible says we're to desire. The, who doesn't? But I don't think all nine gifts function in one person all at the same time. Because Jesus, the greatest man that ever walked, went to his hometown and he healed some people but couldn't heal all the others. Not that he couldn't heal them, but because of their unbelief. If we could do everything, like all of, I mean, we would be, this is the age of Marvel superheroes. We'd be like Superman. Could we really handle that? The press of that, you know, everybody, every wheelchair, people, come out. Every hospital, clean them out. Because we walked in all of those gifts. Can you? Yeah, you can have those gifts. We have to remember, because we're human, exactly what and who is in charge of those. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives those as he wills. Paul couldn't heal everyone. Peter even asked Jesus to heal his mother-in-law. There's no mother-in-law jokes with that. I'm just stating the fact. All nine gifts functioning through one channel, that person would be almost, the people would view him like a god. I think all of those gifts are available to each of us. To have them all at one time, at one place, functioning at one time, I think that would be tough in human form. That is my, my own opinion and the, the studies that I have. Let's look at the ways to be healed. Here's ways you can be healed. The greatest way to be healed, you can pray for yourself. That's more common than any other way. It's people just, I'm believing God, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God for that. I'm going to be healed. I am healed, according to the word. Second way is to have a family member pray for you. Somebody else to lay hands on you, pray for you, or believe with you. Another way, maybe the pastor or the elders of the church will call you up front and pray. James 5, 14 and 15. Any of you sick, call for the elders of the church. Come pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. If you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. And here's what we get all bent up about. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to wind this up, so just hang with me for just a couple more minutes. We, we will say stuff like, well, the Bible, you know, I need to come up. I need to have, we get messed up with the act of this. Now, you need to hear me, so I'm going to try to make this, I'm going to peel this onion back a little bit further. We get, somebody has to lay hands on me or I can't be healed. That's not true. There's just one way you can be healed. But here's what we get messed up on is that act. Now listen, 
or you'll miss it. The reason that works is because the word says it works. So if we get our mind based on the act, the act only works because the word says the act works. Does that make sense? We have to accept, believe, confess with our mouth to be saved. Why? Because the word says that. So we need to understand the word is the bottom line for all of this. No matter what we do, it is the word that tells us what to do. This is how this happens. Because of the word, the word is God. That's what that happens for. And we are just acting under the anointing of what God has told us already in the word. Somebody say amen to that. You need to understand that basis of that. Okay? <clears throat> so another way uh, we talked about was the elders. Okay, then there's where just God does something. It's just like... You could be healed in praise and worship. You could be healed at home. Have you ever been hurt and done something and then realized it doesn't hurt anymore? You just say, hey, God, I, I just need you to touch. And then the next thing you know, you're doing something. You realize, hey, wait, I don't hurt anymore because God supernaturally healed you. So these, are, these gifts can be linked together. Again, just God's doing stuff outside of you, but yet you're linked because of that faith. Let's go to the last one and we'll finish this up, the working of miracles. To some, what would be a miracle to others is be like, oh, okay. What you might think is a miracle, somebody else might be, oh, that's not too bad. That's okay, I guess. But you know what? It's like we would say what would be junk to somebody could be a treasure to somebody else. If they're not experiencing your pain and you're like, God just took my pain away. Hey, that's a miracle to me. You can say whatever you want, but thank God I'm not hurting no more. So it, it just, you know, we have to look at this working. God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to... If God is omnipotent, he's all-knowing, he, he has all power, um, he's everywhere, he's omniscient and all of that. So he's all-knowing, he's everywhere, he has all power. When man is using his own strength, that's not really a miracle. But when God starts interacting and starts doing things, it's an amazing supernatural occurrence. It's called a miracle because it's something that you didn't do. You couldn't have done that. When God, I've watched God just take things away. I watched a, a big... I'm going to say goiter, I don't know, but it was about the size of a, just under a hardball size, bigger than a golf ball, but not as big as a hardball on the side of somebody's neck. Put my hand on it and just watched it go away and watched everybody go, <gasps> you know, and I was watching it too. I was just like, oh my word. I've watched rashes on people's arms and just go away. We've, I've watched, you know, legs get longer that were shorter and people gasp and I've seen it happen. I've watched eyes clear up. I didn't do anything but yet activate by praying, and God did all of that. That's what's nuts. Some of us are like, yeah, yeah, but this is what's getting crazy. I'm not comfortable. Frankly, I don't get comfortable a lot of times. I don't, I don't understand how he does what he does, but I do know that sickness and disease does not come from him. He, he wants you well and whole. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God just... I'm going to go clear off here and finish this up. I'm not an authority. Like, I mean, I'm not a know-it-all. I'm just a dude. Put my pants on just like you, one leg at a time. But man, I've just seen God do stuff that has been only God. I've told this story. I'm going to finish with this story. Just, I wouldn't say very long. 
And I knew I was saved. And everybody was calling me, you know, preacher man and Jesus freak and whatever. And I wasn't, I didn't think I was going over, but I just like, I changed. I wasn't doing some of the stuff I had done before. And so things were different. But anyway, I worked at Ponderosa. Remember the old Ponderosa on 423? That's where I met Kim. She was fine. She still is. See, honey, that's on the air. I just said that, yeah. Anyway, she was, she, she was gorgeous. Anyway, this is back in the day, and, and everybody on Sundays, a lot of, at least a lot of Marians seemed to come out to Ponderosa. And that we'd have a ribeye sale or shrimp sale or whatever that, you know, steak and shrimp and all that. We had a ribeye sale, and, and the line was out the door, and I was a cook. And they did not get enough meat thawed for the sale. And I remember being there, and the managers were all upset. There was three of them there because it was Sunday. And they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, the only meat we had was in the freezer outside, and it was in the wintertime. They were out in the freezer, and they said, it's, no, it's not a go. We can't get the key in the lock. The lock is frozen. We had freezing rain. The lock's frozen. We can't get the door open. And inside, something started churning. And I'm just a cook. You know, if you cook frozen meat just in the natural, it's going to burn on the outside, and it's going to be like jello on the inside. Not good. Super sirloins were about that thick, you know. That could be nasty. And so they're panicking. And so everybody's outside. The line is waiting and the managers are out there with big lighters, and they're trying, they're trying to get this key in the lock and everything. And, you know, they're upset. And this is what I felt. Now, there is probably 20 people out there, maybe 15. There's the waiter, the service, the Salabar girls. Kim wasn't there. This is BK. This is before Kim. And, uh, and the Lord, I just, I didn't hear an audible voice. I just felt to go pray for this lock. And I, everything in me was saying, no. This is almost like Eddie Bolt. Coach, and I, I want to go. And I, it just was strong. Just go pull on the lock, command it to open. I don't want to do that. Lord, what if it doesn't open? He didn't answer me. Go pull on the lock, command it to open. So I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't work, I'm, oh my. So I'm not some faith guru, okay? So I, I just, I weed my way through the crowd. There's three managers there. One of them's cursing up a storm. They got this lock. They can't get the key in. Da, 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 da. I grab the lock. Don't say anything to them and say, in the name of Jesus, open. And pulled down like that. The lock goes thunk and opened. And everybody went, What? And I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> I walked out of that crowd and like, that was awesome. And these guys are like, and the one guy goes, oh, oh you know, we, we thawed it out because of our big lighters. And the other manager, I remember him, he goes, I have the key. The key was never in the lock. And they all look at each other and go, I don't know how that happened. I went back in. You know how many people came up to me afterwards? How'd you do that? How'd you do that? How'd that happen? How did you do that? I didn't do anything but grab the lock, call on the Lord, and pull. Listen and obey. In that same stretch of time, shrimp, we had an all-you-can-eat shrimp sale. And I was working the fry cook and the, and the cook, and I was walking back there, and it was slippery. And I, I had emptied the fryer and started to drop that whole pail of 
grease. And when I put it down, I was trying to get away from it. My whole arm went right down inside that pail, just submerged my whole arm up to my elbow. And I pulled my arm out and went, Jesus! Now, kitchen people and the other fry cook and the manager, everybody come running in because I yelled and I wasn't, I yelled that pretty loud, I guess. But my, you, you ever wax a car and see it bubble up? The wax just bubbled up on my arm. My arm did not get touched. There was no burn, no anything. And the manager goes, I don't believe I've ever seen anything like that. And so they went and got shrimp and threw it in the grease and it fried up just like that. I just sat there and they said, how did you do that? I'm like, what, fall? <laughs> that was pretty easy. And they're like, no, how did you not get burned? <laughs> I don't know. I just called on the Lord. Friends, this isn't rocket science. I can't explain everything to you. I can tell you that God has a plan for you. I can tell you that what you are experiencing now that's been bad, that God can help you get through that in a way that only God can. And if you have, you're on the good side of that, well, that's even better. But I challenge you today to listen to what I have to say. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're finished here, so let's pray.